Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And tonight I have a guest that is a dear friend of mine, Chris Allen. Um, he has been studying witchcraft, magic, and paganism since 1992. He is one of the founders and an ordained minister with the Fellowship of the Phoenix. He has been an initiate of traditional witchcraft since 2002. He also has permission to carry the Lakota sacred pipe and walks the path of the Red Road. He teaches classes and workshops on magic, healing, shamanism, and necromancy. He has been teaching and writing for many years. He's the author of A Guide to Spirits, underworld shamanism myth and magic deeper into the underworld death ancestors and magical rites and upper world shamanism and magic of the celestial realms he continues to study and teach the magical arts to those who seek the balance to balance the three worlds in their own lives and obviously today we're going to be talking about his new book soon to be bestseller because yeah uh the black book of jonathan not bristle my dear friend chris allen welcome to lunatic mondays how are you i'm good how are you i'm good i'm so happy that we're wearing the same colors i know and uh it wasn't planned and we're just like rolling with the blue and it feels funny that you're here because, of course, you have on Lunatic Mondays frequent flyer miles. We're going to give you another punch on your card uh, <laughs> because you keep writing books left and right. And I feel like I have just seen you because I have just seen you a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the other other video blog that is that that is yours, uh, the Mystic Chat. Well, I should say it's ours. It's ours. Um, it's everyone's. Yeah, and and today, but today I got you here as a guest. So, for those who don't know about Mystic Chad and or follow you as much as I do, because I bang girl on him, <laughs> uh, tell us how you've been since the last time that you was here on the show. Um, I think I was on the show a year or so ago. Probably. Um, let's see. So I. I just a graduated a graduate program and I got my uh, master's in, Divi in divinity. So um, my career focus, other than teaching and writing and the and things like that, is I'm gonna be doing chaplaincy, spiritual care, um, hospice, hospital stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the priest uh, a craft. Uh, you actually i'm actually uh gonna get paid for it so <laughs> so um between that and 
and my other day job and uh, writing and teaching. That's what I've been up to. That is so great. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, that is the, the work that you do, but now you're going to get paid. People don't realize like how much work you do as a healer and as a necromancer and helping people. Um, I guess the dead and dying and transitioning and all that, I find that fascinating. Um, I couldn't do it. You mm. know, it takes a special kind of spirit to, in my opinion, to accompany the dead. Uh, the people who are dying, rather. Mm -hmm. But um, I I like to work more with the survivors, you know, with the family, <laughs> yeah. with, with that kind of stuff. So you and I should tag team and, and work together. You know, this part of spiritual care is to work with the families, too, because, you know, part of the program is, is that I have to um, intern as a chaplain at at the hospital and i've sat with many families who are who are turned off the machines or or you know a gunshot or some other tragedy and it's powerful to sit with the family it's powerful and a lot of it is just being present and sharing your energy so yeah and especially something that in the united states is so sterile you know it's so sanitized it's so like we don't talk about right our emotions we don't talk about our feelings uh and we don't talk about the dead and it's something that it should be talked about and the process of dying uh, to be as normal because it is normal as the birth you know but when a new person comes into the world we do all this hoopla and uh uh, gender revealing and this and that and yet when a person is dying uh i see a cat <laughs> i know my cat, the cat tail went into the screen I know, so that funny. Was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh with the dead and dying there is such a um taboo still i know so so we need a lot of people and we need people such as yourself and myself that aren't afraid to work with the dead and uh I will never forget that you you told me the actual meaning of being a necromancer, and I'm a proud, right, right, right. I'm a proud one. So, um, and then he, he was telling me behind the scenes, so I'm gonna call him out. Uh, that you know he was like so busy, so busy, and didn't have time to write a book. Uh -huh. So he just sat over summer vacation and wrote this masterpiece this wonderful book uh tell us a, a little bit about the process of working with a local publishing house uh, uh cross crow yeah, yeah cross crow books so i've known blake and with for a while now and they started a a, a publishing company and I have to tell you, I am so impressed with them. They're on point, they know what they're doing, but they also ask questions and they uh, want to learn. And 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 in any time I have an idea or a thought, they're like, yeah, let's do it. Like they're game for anything, which I think is great. Um, so they were like, hey, Chris, I want you to write a book. And of course, I was in graduate school, so I was like. I, I don't have time because I was also have a full-time job as a massage therapist. 
So I said, hey, um, you know, in the summer, I'm only taking one class for, uh, versus four. So I have some time, although I don't, I don't have time to, to spend a whole year researching and writing and, you know, those things. So, so I was trying to come up with something. And so in, in, in my tradition of traditional witchcraft, um, we uh, work a lot with the witch ancestors, you know, those uh, witches, magical people, healers, uh, herbalists who 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 are spirits now. And so um, I basically said, and I didn't have a clue about what was going to happen. So I, I basically... Uh, conjured the witch ancestors and I said inspire me tell me and so Jonathan that isn't his real name I changed it um is is a one uh, of the witch ancestor spirits I uh, work with and I don't want to say I channeled the yes I want to say I was inspired by the witch ancestors and since their stories and things like that and um basically you know, I sat with them and they would show me things and show me pictures and ideas and things like that. And I turned what they uh, told me into a story. Because, um, you know, the character of Jonathan is a real witch ancestor. Um, and the, however, I will admit that some of the story is embellished. I don't even say embellished. It's poetic license because you know they say I did this I did this I did this like okay so let's translate that into a story so um I wrote it in about six weeks um which was actually really fast and part of it is is that you know I have a spirit vessel that um that the witch ancestors come through but I don't keep them in there. It's not like a genie you know, bottle or anything like that. It's just like a doorway. And can I would like light incense and say, okay, uh, tell me what to do. And I would just get these ideas and I would, you know, type, 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 type. And it was so much fun to write this. It just, it just was like flowing through and things like that. And, um, it was probably one of the easiest and, and most fun I've had writing because, you know, when you're writing a book, like when I um, wrote the Underworld series and things like that, you have to research, you have to read and find resources and you talk and you research and things like that. And it's fun, but it takes a lot of time and effort and energy. Whereas uh, Jonathan not Bristle was what um I, um one of my colleagues said that he thinks it was so simple to write because the story needed to be told it needed to come out and come through and and you know one of the things i appreciate about jonathan's story is is that he's 15 years old his family dies and he has his old, you know, country farm that's a very teeny tiny. And he becomes a witch out of necessity. 
you know, because his family was a church and going family. And, and so, you know, you do what you got to do. And he was just trying to figure things out. And sometimes he succeeded. Sometimes he failed and he had questions and, and, and he was shocked and he was surprised, happy, scared. And a lot of the feedback I'm getting is, is that like the other day, so someone said, oh my God, when I first started having, uh, to doing witchcraft, I had the exact same thoughts, I had the exact same experience. I had, you know, I was uh, casting a spell and didn't have a clue what I was uh, doing. And I was, felt a certain way about it. And Jonathan said the exact same thing. And I was just like, you know, Jonathan's human. He's universal, I think. He's one of those yeah. people, he showed his vulnerability and his thoughts. And, you know, it's, that's what I really liked about this, this uh, uh, story. Because you know how, you know, some witchcraft books say, hey, um, here's a spell, take a candle, take the incense, say this chant, the end. Well, Jonathan says, okay, let me tell you how I feel about it. Okay, well, I couldn't find a candle and that kind of sucked. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was his thing. So it was good. I love it. And I love that is... I, I really like the, um, oh my God, what is it called? The foreword. Um, I really like the foreword and I love how- By Ivo. By Ivo. Uh, and I say evil always on my mind because, you know, he's human and it's evil, but yeah, Ivo. Ivo Dominguez. Um, I like the how he tells us, this is how you read this book. Because it's <laughs> right, truly- right. It's truly like you start seeing the first chapter and you want to get your hands on it right mm -hmm. away. Uh, obviously, there are um, spells and obviously there are guides on how to do magic. And the, the book is, in my opinion, and I'm going to be as bold as we are as friends, and I'm going to tell you what my review will be. And in my opinion, it's a wonderful, it, it can read as a wonderful fictional novel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it grabs you and it gives you entertained. And you want to know what's going to happen next and what's the next adventure and what he got his hands into and, and what is the gossip on the town and what are the people saying. <laughs> and uh, But you, I love because you're so clever. And you're teaching us, or Jonathan is, is teaching us, without sounding like he's lecturing us. Mm -hmm. And he's teaching the most valuable lessons that are those by experience, by exactly. example. So he's, he's telling us, like, this is how I do it, and this is how it worked for me, and Oops, it worked. <laughs> you know. And, Oops, it worked. I love it. And, it's true. <laughs> and a lot of the times we feel like that, you know, whether we mm -hmm. are in 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 my opinion, whether you are a seasoned witch or a very, very new seeker, uh, that feeling I think is is the excitement of the unknown. Mm. And I think that feeling doesn't go away because I've been doing my thing for a while and I can really identify with that you know like uh, i gotta do it i gotta do it and then i did it and then it worked and how and and 
he mentions a lot of the times like wow i felt so powerful after that and i didn't know right power came from so it really is very entertaining and and you're a great writer and then <laughs> thank you taught you. Us, you taught us a lot of things um how many of these experiences okay so you you call on the ancestors mm -hmm. the one it, it was just the one that came or were there like a group of them that that tell you stories so it was a group however jonathan's voice uh, came out a lot the the uh the strongest um and i don't really question stuff like that i've just um you know it when i wrote it i would sit behind the computer and i have his he has a vessel and i would say okay show me and they would show me and and you know just having this conversation the other day that sometimes when the spirits talk to you it isn't always words sometimes they show you pictures sometimes you have a feeling sometimes you just have a thought and you're like well that's not my thought it has to be the spirits trying to talk to me because um a colleague of me came and i was saying oh i don't know how to talk to spirits but i can feel them i know they're there i get thoughts i'm like well that's talking to the spirits it's just you know one of the things i think we need to really educate each other on is is that just like how we all think differently and, and and you know how they say we all have uh different kinds of intelligence like so for example i'm a writer and, and other people are mechanics which i do not have that intelligence i don't other people can see something and and put it together and it's fine and they're still intelligent and just a different intelligence so i think that how the spirits communicate with us has to do with how we learn, how we take in information. So when someone says, oh, I'm not psychic, I'm like, I think you are. We just have to find out the what your thing is, you know? Yeah. So um, I think that sometimes the other spirits, what adds their, their point of view by showing me Jonathan's story, yeah, you know, so and the thing is, I didn't really question it per se, and that's why I say it's inspired because it didn't feel channeled. I didn't have a spirit come into my body. I didn't have anything like that. It wasn't automatic writing. It's I would call the spirits, and I would say, "Show me," and I would have thoughts and feelings. And 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 then I could hear them at some sometimes telling stories, and so I just like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna write it all down. And it was and it was it was easy. Like I didn't have to think about the story; it just came out. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't I didn't edit it. I didn't change anything. I it, it it just came out. How how you're reading it is is exactly how I typed it the first time. Um. And he, he, you know, the uh, language and dialect is from the South. This actually takes place in Southern Texas. So the accent is, in, is intentional. Uh, the grammar is intentional. See, that was one of the things where my, with the editor, I had to really explain them. It's like, okay, yeah. I know you're going to want to fix the grammar, but don't. So 
um, everything's intentional, like every single thing, every period, every, everything's intentional. And, you know, as an ESL person for myself, I, I had to like get used to the, the, the language, the language and the, I guess the old dialect in the South dialect mm -hmm. um, of Jonathan. But after, after a chapter, you got it, you know, and then, and then you hear him. Your and, brain adjusts. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I was impressed by in, in my head, the way I perceive the book is I have to keep reminding myself that this is a child. <laughs> this is a kid. He's 15. He's so young. I don't think, I want to think that when we are at the end of the book, he's 16. Yeah. Right? Like a year has gone by, kind of. A year has gone by, yeah. Um, but he's so smart. And he has that energy, kind of like the fool on the tarot, you know? like You know, I didn't think of it that way. That's interesting. Look at you. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, getting all the new nuances I didn't even get. Oh my God, honey! If I can tell you all the things, look at me telling you, honey. I, Chris, and I have friends. <laughs> you must forgive me. I honey him twice a day. Um, is is not the disrespect for those who don't know that we are friends. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not disrespect. If I were to tell you all the little nuances that I read between the lines, and I think that is also what makes this book so rich because we all gonna. Um, the, you know utilize the symbology in a way mm -hmm. that it speaks to us you know like with mm -hmm. the tarot right right yeah not not to people read the tarot the same way because not everybody sees the symbols the same way there are commonalities and there are common, common places but uh you also have your personal experiences that go into right. the tarot reading so to me again you know i see jonathan like so wise so brave um so fearless like he's like i'm just gonna do the thing and you know and so he remind me a lot uh in his own journey yeah uh it it reminds me a lot like kind of we're seeing the beginning you know and mm -hmm. i i promised myself i wasn't gonna ask you but i want a part two <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a possibility. However, um, you know, I'm, I am going to start writing a different book. However, I think I'm going to keep a similar formula, but it's going to be different people, different uh, time and different locations. So, um, he, 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 yeah, so I'm going to start that soon. But, you know, the thing we have to remember about Jonathan is at that time, 1870, at 15, 16 years old, you're an adult. You know, you were an adult. And so, he, he, you know, families didn't coddle you like they do, Nick. You didn't necessarily like, oh, I'm struggling. And I'm going to go and live with my parents because a lot of people had a wife and kids. And started their own farms and things like that because that's what you did, you know. Um, hell, I can even remember my own family because I'm from, I'm from Texas, and uh, 
like if you were 25 and didn't have a family, that was weird, you know? And now if you're 30 and have a family, they're like, that's weird, that's young. But I can remember a lot of people, and it's very common, especially in the countries, that you get married and have kids at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So it isn't so much of a stretch to think in 1870, Jonathan was on his own. I mean, granted, it was a little bit sooner than he thought, you know, because his family dies in tragedy. Um, but... You know, one of the things I liked about Jonathan is, is that he shows us how we as, as humans are resilient and how we figure shit out. We figure it out because, you know, I think we've all been there to where you're like, oh, I lost my job or, oh, I need a place to stay and you figure it out. Yeah. You know, I think there's something the head whole survival mode kicks in and we're just like, I got to get this. What am I going to uh, do? Can we ask for help if we need And Jonathan certainly uh, asked for help when he needed it. Um, but I liked how he showed us that there was a salience of people in our nature. And at the same time, he allowed himself to learn and be vulnerable. And, and, you know, he questioned the spirits, but he he didn't question the spirits. So, like when something happened, he was like, "What the hell? What is this? What's happening?" And then the spirit, or whatever, or the, or the gods, or whatever, would say, "Hey, I'm here to help you." And he would say, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. At this point, sure. <laughs> so, um, a lot of witches. And coincidentally, this is something that we actually talked about in Mystic Chat not too long ago, but, you know, it's on the book. It happens yeah. in the book as well. So a lot of witches do not feel any kind of uh, closeness with the devil. Mm -hmm. uh, they feel like, oh, no, that is a Christian construct, and we are witches, and we don't work with the devil, and that is a Christianity problem, blah, blah, blah. Was that ever a a taboo? Was there ever an issue with uh with writing the book? Were you ever thinking like, uh, how are witches gonna receive it? Uh no, because you know, and uh Jonathan I would say he's a traditional craft witch. And um, you know, at that time you have to re remember. His family was a church-going family, and so when he saw a magical being who had horns and hooves, he didn't think, oh, Carnunos, oh, that's Pan, or oh, that's the horned god. He didn't think that. He said, he thought, well, well hell, my, my father said, if he has horns and hooves, that's the devil, so it must be the devil. And so um, you read it, you read the story through Jonathan's point of view, but as witches, as pagans, as as magical people, we know the real story. We know that that's the horned god. We know that, but Jonathan doesn't know that. He never 
had a class or a book on paganism. He doesn't know Greek mythology or 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 Celtic mythology about Carnunos and the Horned One. He doesn't know that. He he does know stories about the devil having horns. So to him, he didn't know better. And he, and he you know, the Horned One uh, being a little a trickster sometimes he let Jonathan believe whatever Jonathan wants to believe but that's also part of the charm of it like there, uh, there are times that Jonathan is very naive and takes things as face value but remember at 15 years old how you took things that face uh, fell yeah. you until you fell on your face and then you said well hell I just learned something and Jonathan falls on his face a lot <laughs> yeah. but he and, learned from it so and like Jonathan uh Jonathan I, I could hear my accent there like <laughs> Jonathan. I like your accent I like your accent it's cute I, I I keep trying to hide from it but I, why it's cute you know I it, <laughs> Well, since you asked me, I'm going to tell you. Because um, assimilation is a thing that is demanded in this country by people such mm. as myself that are immigrants. So, you know, you cannot sound like you're not from here. Uh, but I heard one time somebody said, an accent is a mother tongue refusing to let in their child go. Interesting. I've never heard that before. I cannot remember the poet who wrote it. Uh, she is, or they are, a Mexican-American person mm. and wrote a poem, and, and part of the poem has that phrase, you know. And when I heard that, that kind of switched my um, perception of it. But this is not the Laura Gonzalez show. This is the Jonathan show. Uh, <laughs> and let's talk about Jonathan. Um, and now, of course, I lost my trip. Oh, like him, and he's telling us, you know, like you say, you know, how many times we fell on our faces at 16. Uh, but at the at the moment, we're like so brave and so naive at the same time. And then again, that's why it reminds me of the fool so much. Mm. How many times we did things without knowing, without knowing what was going to happen, and have our spirit guides or spirit companions or uh, familiars actually taking care of us. I cannot believe right now that I'm 49, soon to be 50. Remember traveling throughout the whole Mexico City from north to south. It's like saying to you that I went from Evanston to um, um, what is the name? Aurora right mm. at midnight on my own at 17 because i mm. went from one party to the other party and of course my mother never knew i did that and nothing happened to me thank you goddess and i'm sure now that i'm this conscious of what i did uh that i had all kinds of spirit guides or spirits or angels so call it what you will mm. uh, watching over because you know mexico city is not uh, yeah, but anyway um, all the things that he does and I love that he is very conscious of saying I have nothing left to lose yeah and at I the am, beginning yeah. 
I am not going to be holding back and I need to secure myself and I need to, I don't want to give away too much from the book. I mean, I guess <laughs> if we don't give context, people will never know uh, unless they buy the book. So you need to buy the book. <laughs> um, the, how many times he says that, you know, like I have nothing less to lose, nothing left to lose. So let me, um, let me try this. And if it is the devil, fine. And, you know, like all the new things that he keep experiencing mm -hmm. and, and wonder, and like you say, in questioning, you know, like when he uh, learned that he has to give the name to certain spirits and he's like, well, folks in the town say that you aren't supposed to give the name. And then the spirit tells him like, okay, silly, how we're going to communicate if I don't know your name. And, <laughs> and then you say, uh, you're a son of the devil. So like, why are you afraid? And then I can only imagine Jonathan going like, yeah, you're right. Whatever. <laughs> you know, like well, you know, one of the things that um, uh, people don't understand about witchcraft, you know, 100, two or 300 years ago, is that everyone knew about Jesus and the church. Everyone knew about heaven and house. So why would they choose witchcraft? It's because some of them had to. Some of them, like I read a story a long time ago about um, someplace in Britain, someplace to where this uh, a folklorist was traveling through town to town to town trying to find like, you know, folklore, charms, um, home remedies, herbal things, stuff like that. And he found a cottage it was all dilapidated and and uh, falling apart and he talked to the old woman like old 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 and her husband of course had died and his son or her son went to a, a war and never came back so assumed dead and i don't know which war it was because it was like a turn of the century like maybe World War One or something, and um, they didn't have like you know Medicare and stuff like that. They didn't necessarily, and if you were the odd one out, you maybe didn't have family and friends to take care of you, take you in. So she sold charms. She uh, sold spells. She was a witch for hire. So she did it out of necessity, you know, and I think there's something very powerful about that. And did, you know, the goddess come to her? Did the horn one come to her? I don't know. Um, I think it's fascinating that people do what they had to do. And it's kind of sad because, you know, I can imagine in like the 1500s or whatever, this poor old grandma lost everything and then on top of that people want to hang her as a witch because she's old and she's different and she's eccentric or maybe she's a foreigner or maybe she speaks differently or maybe she has a a, a, a disability of some sort that makes her different so you know there's there's something in our nature and our like 
anyone that's strange or different or thinks differently or does things differently, we want to hurt them. We want to hurt them. Like, it's just this whole, like, so on. I hate the word uncivilized because I'm a pagan and I like being uncivilized, but it's just shows the brutality of, of human species. So it's interesting how these people, these witches, taking back their own power. You know, Jonathan did that too. He was like, screw it. I've lost everything. I literally don't know how I'm going to eat tomorrow. Yep. So, oh, some horned want, wants to uh, give me magic powers. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, it. at that yep. point, let's do it. Yeah. And talking about uh, 21st century, right? Or, or rather 20, 19th and 20th century. Um, we tend to forget because we live on the 21st century that the witchcraft and magic is a system of uh, liberation. Right. You know, liberation from the oppression of the powers that are on top. Um, and that a lot of people, or at least, you know, Native people, people of color, uh, enslaved people who have found liberation after you know so many centuries uh we still go to that power of magic because it's what our ancestors did and if they didn't do that they wouldn't have survived that's and right. that's how all the um all religions became um they hid on under catholicism and christianity uh like what happened in mexico that catholicism is nothing but you know paganism and indigenous uh customs still and magic or what happened with the African diaspora uh, religions, you know, like Hoodoo and Ifa and all that kind of stuff uh, that I know very little about. But um, you have to do what you have to do to survive. Right. And then it is truly uh, humbling when you think how your ancestors had to survive and be resilient and and that you're here by the skin of your teeth because mm -hmm. your ancestors did whatever they needed to do. And we tend to romanticize, you know, especially those times of like, like the drought, like when, when he's talking about the drought, like back in the day, there was no jewel where you can go and buy yourself right. a gallon of water, you know, and you were at the mercy of the, of the elements, period. Right. You know. How scary is that? Because like I have friends who who uh, because I'm from the country outdoors and you know, oh, let's go to even PSG. They're like, oh no, I can't do that. There's no I mean there's showers, but it's very rustic showers or whatever. And you have to like cook your own food over a campfire. People are like, oh, I can't do that. Well, a hundred and whatever years ago, that was normal. You know, I mean, granted, people had fireplaces and stoves and things like that. If if you wanted a bath, you had to go to the well, get you some water, and then take a bath. How they didn't just turn on the faucet and things like that. And so, yeah. when if you had rainstorms or droughts or hurricanes or tornadoes, you just 
uh, uh, figured it out, you know. And I also think that that that's one of the reasons why witchcraft is so tempting at that point because you, you have no control and then you have, you know, the God saying, hey, I can give you at least some control over your life and your health and the weather and other people and things like that. I mean, I would have taken it in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, because, you know, they didn't have TVs. They didn't have radio. They didn't have electricity. They just figured it out, mm -hmm. you know, and Im Im imagine what little you, you would do have being taken away from you. And the horn one shows up. Hell yeah, I'm gonna take that magic. <laughs> and then you're taken away at such a young age, like many of our ancestors did. And uh, you're finding yourself alone in the world. Alone. I mean, that is the spirit of Jonathan. That is why he's so. I think all of us that have read the book are so enamored with him because. Mm -hmm. He comes to remind us that if we were in his situation, we would be doing the same. Right. Because when you have nothing else to lose, you have everything to gain. Everything. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I love that. So um, I know I have all kinds of favorite parts of the book, but I want us to, to tell a little bit more about the actual story you know a little a little bit of details so tell us which chapter you find more like funny or amusing or which, which chapter is your favorite which adventure is your favorite oh god that's hard oh yes every chapter is like a baby it's like my child i can't pick one um i i like the first chapter where he becomes a witch i like that a lot um I like the chapter where he he flies to the witch's uh, Sabbath. I like that a lot. Um, I I really like the ending. I to be honest, as I was writing the ending, or I should say, as the ancestors are inspiring me to write the ending. I was just surprised as everybody else was. I was like, oh my god, this is so fascinating. Um, I like like the chapter about the fiddler. Um, I like the chapter that takes place on Halloween and the witch yeah. pranks that happen. I thought that was cool. Um, I I like them all. I'm like I like the chapter here that takes place about the crone that comes on Christmas. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I like. I don't want to give a, a lot away, but. No. Life, like the um, parts where Jonathan fails and he's just like, oh my God, I screwed that up. Because in our first couple of years of witchcraft, how many times did you cast a spell that had, we were like, oh, that's not what was supposed to happen. Oh my God. Um, well, here's something funny. So when I was first practicing witchcraft, a friend of mine said, can you, a girlfriend of mine said, can you make a love charm? And I said, oh, yeah. So I made this love charm and I empowered it. And I I asked the goddess to, to bless it and all those things. I gave it to her. Well, 
a squirrel followed her home because of the charm. That wasn't supposed to happen. A squirrel, a squirrel followed her all the way home, like, like four or five blocks home. And so she put it in this little cage thing and it called the animal control. And, he, and they um, she let it out in the forest or whatever. But can you, like things like that. And, and you know, when things like blow up in your face and, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is for over 30 years. If one of the things I try to remember is Remember when you were first starting witchcraft and the excitement of lighting the candle, the excitement of saying your your first chant and making your first charm bag, or the excitement of when you were calling the four elements or or the god and goddess, or and you just felt like, wow, this is the coolest thing. And he, you know, when you've been doing it for so long. We forget to have that child like or the beginner's mind. So I, tr I try to always have that if I can. Like, um, what makes me feel magical? What makes me feel like connected and in witchcraft? Because sometimes, she, and I and, and you know this. Like you've been doing it so long, you don't need the candle. You don't need the tool. But sometimes I need that excitement. So I'll bring out the cauldron and light a cauldron fire and chant and like dance around and work it up. And so, you know, reading Jonathan's story about how the excitement, it was just like, oh, okay, there it is. Uh, there's that childlike excitement. And then, and, you know, the parts that were scary, I want to say were scary, scary. They were exciting, scary, like adrenaline, like, holy shit, you know. Um, and I have found in myself that if I can capture that excitement of witchcraft, my spells are more powerful. Yeah. Like if I just ho-hum, like, oh, yes, this is ordinary, then it is ordinary. It was exciting, and it will manifest in an exciting way, you know. I I love the um I think all all the chapters are my favorite. I love the um when he's on the world of the fairies. I really like Yeah. That. Yeah. Uh I I cuz you wrote it in a way that we cannot not imagine everything that is happening, you know. You give us all the details so we can actually fill it in in our minds. Mm -hmm. But I think the part in which I identify myself more with Jonathan. And again, we're not going to give away all of the book. You need to buy it. You need to buy it because it's a great book. Uh, is on Halloween night. Yeah. When he is almost cornered and he just opens his mouth and. He does his thing. His his identifier comes out and he's like da 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 da, and I'm like yeah. I was like yes 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 because that have that happened to me. That happened mm. to me in a very scary situation and I just had to. You found your power. You found I, your voice. I I I literally I cackled because somebody somebody threatened me physically, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and I had to cackle and I just told him, go ahead and try. But the way I said it right. came out with so much intent that the poor person couldn't even look at me anymore. And that reminded me of that moment. And I'm like, yes, you know, it's, it's scary, mm -hmm. but you're rooting for him. And of course. Well, that's the thing. That's the, the king is like you're on the journey with him. And you're rooting for him. You he, you share his his loss. He has so much loss in the beginning, and and then like and even when you know people think that oh I got the powers of witchcraft everything's hunky dory and it isn't. Mm -mm. First of all, um, you got to learn how to use the power. Two, um. One of the things I teach all of my students is the second you call yourself a witch and mean it, and you say you follow the gods and the goddess and you mean it, then you're their student. And they have to teach you. And they rarely show up and say, okay, class, here's your first lesson. They teach you through throwing things at you, experiences at you. And one of the things that took me a long time to learn as a as a beginner is you're not supposed to succeed every time. Sometimes if the gods, they want you to fail so that you can learn from that failure, that feeling, that being upset, that anger that sadness that holy crap what the hell did i do that remorse because the, the those are our teacher you know when you succeed you learn but you don't learn as deeply as those failures because every time i fail like and you're like oh that was bad 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 i learned so much mm -hmm. and that's the, and the that's the beauty of jonathan because when he succeeds you're like yes and when he fails you're like I hear you, honey. I'm right here with you. <laughs> I want to hug you. Like, how many times did you want to hug him? Like, all oh, the time. Yes. yes, yes. Like, all the time you want to reach through the book and hug him. The way I picture him, and, and I know it's probably not time appropriate, but I really think of him, like, super scrawny, skinny, you know. Yeah, probably. Style. And I don't know if he was wearing jeans. I mean, you, you kept same trousers trousers mm -hmm. um and i don't know if they're jeans or not but you know i think uh jeans were invented in like 1880 so about 10 years later yeah but you know with whatever he was wearing you know like i always think of him like also having a hat you know he has to have a hat because it's cool it's, it's, it's hot it's texas that's funny and not a not a cowboy hat but like a straw the hat brim, type yeah. of thing um of a very simple man but a very wise man and i can't believe i'm saying a man because again like you say you know back in that day he was a full-grown man and couldn't separate myself of being in the 21st century and, and thinking like, this is a child, you know, mm -hmm. but um, his adventure uh, it captures our spirits, you know, our young selves are there with him 
and we're rooting. And I am going to tell you, yes, I'm going to tell you, I can see like the story of other people and like building up the story on the whole town and some of the other characters that we met. I mean, you have so much that if you want to, you could give us out of yeah. this book. Yeah, I counted the the townspeople. There's about uh, 20 that have a that actually speak all together. Like there's, I mean, he lives close to a town, so there's townspeople, but there's so many moving parts too. I was just like, how did they write Game of Thrones? Because I was having a hard time keeping up with the names. I had to write down all the names they gave me. I had to write it all down. And keep track and you make notes because I was just like, there's so many names. Um, but I will say, you don't have to remember all the names because a, a lot of them just have one chapter. Some of them come back, some of them because, I mean, it's an ongoing story. And it's a small town, you're going to run into the same people over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, it's exciting to, to see how people interact with him or or how they don't or how some people like like him some people don't but that's how we are that's how real life is you have your people who who enjoy your company and some people who don't know how to deal with us and you know and right now when you say people like him people don't you reminded me of one of the spells that he does and we're not going to talk about what the spell he does uh, is, but you took the taboo out of very many needs that the witch may or may yeah. not want to access. And that one, the, the, the first one that he has the spirits to do for him, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, like, why is this such taboo in the 21st century? Why couldn't oh. we use magic? I'm I'm gonna say it. Is that okay? That's fine. Uh, yeah, you can to say be it. Light, to be light, you know. Yeah. He was being ostracized. He was being kind of bullied. So why not use magic to be light, so that people mm -hmm. can see who you really are? That really touched my heart. That was one of those moments that I wanted to hug him. Like, oh my god, honey, I like you. <laughs> you know. I think a lot of people come to witchcraft because of oppression, of bullying, of feeling alone. And what's interesting, though, um, when I first started, first, 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 back in 1992, I was in high school. And I kind of, I come from a large family. So I liked that this was my little thing that was just for me because I have three brothers so we'll, we share and fight over everything so this is something that was just for me um, but a lot of people come to witchcraft for the opposite reason because they are isolated and they feel oppressed or hurt or whatever and it's um, and it's a power and the thing is is that one of the things I try to teach is power is important but Try not to have power over people. Mm -hmm. Share the power with people. You know, that's why we started the Fellowship of the Phoenix to have 
a quick community so we can share power with people and you know um but yeah jonathan's an interesting character about he's human he's human in all the all the ways you know mm -hmm. um you know one of the things speaking of funny one of the things i i kind of chuckled this is is he was very naive about sex and sexuality like very naive um and so i had to chuckle because i was just like if those situations happened today we'd be like man who cares in 1870, I'm sure it was scandalous. You know, it was a big scandal and everything. Yeah. So I just thought it was so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I love the book. And obviously for people, because it's not, uh, like I said, in my opinion, it reads like a novel, but it has a lot of teachings in there. And it has the spells also, in the back. And, and then also you have the spells in the back. Yeah. And um, for those who might, I might not be a little apprehensive about calling on the devil. Um, how much wiggle room now I'm asking the teacher as you, as you present yourself on your page, right? Author, teacher, and uh, healer. healer. So now I'm not <laughs> talking to the author. I want to talk to the teacher now. Yeah. How much wiggle room is there on those spells? Do you think that we can switch around certain things and not? Of course, absolutely. Say the word devil. Yeah, yeah. You can say horned one because you know the reason we, I use the devil, and the reason Jonathan uses the word devil is just like I said before. That's the only term he knew. He didn't know about the horned one. He didn't know the god of the witches. He didn't know that. He just knew what he was taught in church, you know? And so if you want to, and since this is how I feel about all spells. If you want to change it, change it. I want you to change it. It's like, I I think if you hear of a very, very, very beginner, and maybe try this spells as is, I mean, you can change certain the names and stuff. If if you think you you know what you're doing, you can change everything. Because I look at it this way: if it works for you, great. If it doesn't, then try a different way. Try something else. You know, because that's what I do. I can't. My very first spell I cast, I didn't like how it was written, so I rewrote the chant. And it worked for me. Yep. And I was 17 years old, so. That's awesome. That's so brave. <laughs> I didn't happen. give a shit. <laughs> I was one of those kids who where I was like, screw it. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. I, I've always been more of a just working with what's inside. You know, I, I don't like a whole lot of like, and to each their own, you know, I'm always saying like, you do you boo, right? Do the magic yeah, yeah. for you. I am not the kind of like I have to have the big old cauldron and the super shiny athame and the, you know that just it's never been my kind of magic. I'm like the kind that is just here or mm -hmm. just like the candle and it's done. Um, but like you say, you know, it it Jonathan reminds you 
to to do to do the thing. I love the um I'm now talking about the spells and the incantations. I have forgotten about the box. The spirit and box? I have totally, totally again, because I'm not a kind of witch that does, you mm -hmm. know. I totally forgotten about the box and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, the spirit box. And uh it's so cool how you put it all there. So of course for for folks that are um questioning, am I gonna learn anything about magic on this book? Uh heck yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A whole bunch. Absolutely. Not only are you gonna learn the spells, but you're gonna learn the technology behind the spells. Right. And why you're gonna do the thing the way because Jonathan is telling you again is teaching you the best way that a teacher can by sharing his experience. So you know, tried and true. <laughs> it worked for him. So uh, feel safe to do it. And there are great spells, by the way, you know, so I, I do love them. And uh, is there anything I haven't asked you that is very important that we tell people about? I don't know. I think this was very thorough. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just say it's, it's a fun story. It's informative. It teaches you magic. It teaches you his uh, thought process. It teaches you technique. It teaches you uh, nuances of why we do things and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's a it's a lot because, you know, Jonathan talks a lot. So, <laughs> Maybe that's why I like him so much too, because yeah. we are talkers. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the 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 sixty four million dollar question: Where can people get your books, sir? You can find them at crossingcrowbooks dot com or on Amazon. Um, either is fine. Um, I will say the uh, boys. I call them the boys, the Malloy brothers they are really good about shipping so i know i've every time i ordered directly from the publisher it takes like forever to get the book these guys are like go 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 like uh, i think they're having so much fun with publishing like i've never seen people enjoy something so much in my life like they are like so ex when you walk into their office they're just having fun Yep. You know, have yep. you um, been to the office? It's just, it's just, there's like uh, four or five people there and they're just doing PR and research and, and, and editing and this and that. And everyone's so happy. Not, so, only, you know. not only have I been to the office, but uh, I'm going to make people jealous because I have a unique copy. <laughs> you have the... Um, what is that called? The, the um unbound loose loose pages, loose leaves. I don't know. Well, there's a name for it. It's the uh, preview. So when the printer Gali. What's it called? Gali. Oh. Um when the printer sends you a mock-up of the book, it doesn't have the spine. And so it's just, yeah, it's just um loose paper. So yeah, you got the one and only one editing and only. proof. Yeah. yeah. And uh, next I see you in person. Of course, I'm going to ask you to autograph this. I one am. Absolutely. It is, 
and I love that, you know, because it is on the condition that it is. Uh, I have it with a little rubber band, so nothing goes away. And, you know, it's got all the little wear and tear from going back and forth. But I, I just, I love it. Um, and for those who are just listening, imagine a bound thing of paper with a rubber band. And, uh, or come and watch the video. It's going to be on YouTube. Anyway, um, thank you so much for being on the show. As always, you are a wonderful teacher, author, and healer. And I love the work that you do. And I also love that we're friends. I'm very, very fortunate to have you. Ah, you're so sweet. And, um, you know, you're my favorite show. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody, but you're my favorite. I love I love talking to people. I, a I love talking. Right. Uh, <laughs> Me too. B I love talking to people and I love talking to people that know what they're doing and they have not a chip on their shoulder but rather their feet very well planted on the ground. And you're one of those folks and also uh for people who don't know this man cannot get mad. He just does not have the ability to get mad. And I run on anxiety and <laughs> uh, clockwork. And so I love that he don't get mad because I'm always like, so what time are we doing it? And when are we meeting? And what are we doing? And, you know, behind the scenes, I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm very like, um, love to plan everything to the minute. And uh, and Chris is like, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that about you. <laughs> uh, so what are, what are plans? Where are you going next? Where are you going to be doing uh, towards the NMA? Um, what's going on? I, the only thing I'm doing is I'm going to start uh, writing a new book. Um, because the Malloway brothers are breathing down my neck about it. Every time I see them, I see them a lot because the publishing company and their store is like two blocks away from my house. So I see them constantly. Um, so they're always breathing down my neck about a new book. So I'm going to start that soon. Um, and we'll see what the spirits and tell me you're right. Because it won't be the same kind of book. But I will let the spirits um, inspire me again. again. So I'm excited to get that started. Uh, people might say I'm biased, but I am. I'm going to tell spirits <laughs> to talk to you about Jonathan next adventures. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him. Anyway, thank you for being here. And before everybody goes away, I just want to remind you all, um, to keep keep listening to Lunatic Mondays. For June, we're going to have Corey Thomas Hutchinson. I hope I'm not destroying the name. Uh, the book is North American Folk Magic. I wrote a blurb for that book. I can't believe I actually wrote a blurb for a book. So Corey Thomas, Corey Thomas Hutchinson. Uh, North American Folk Magic on June 12th and on June 26th, Matthew Ash McKernan, Weirdcraft, Weirdcraft. So mm. those are the next two books that are on my nightstand. Now I have to uh, be reading those. 
Um, and these are the folks that are coming on June on Lunatic Mondays. But CSMP is a whole network and we have shows on Spanish and Portuguese every Saturday on Paganos del Mundo or Pagaos del Mundo, which means Pagans of the World. Two Tuesdays a month, we have Circle Talk with Deborah Rose. The third Wednesday of the month, we have a Circle of Nature with Reverend Selena Fox. Um, two Fridays a month, we have Song of the Pagan Tribe with Kern Green. And on the third Friday of the month, we have Blue Marble with Charlotte Bear. And of course, two Mondays a month, we have Lunatic Mondays where yours truly. So please join us. Um, you can listen live or you can listen later. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn. You can find us on the Circle Century website. And what do you know? We have over 950, 950 hours of podcasts that you can listen, download, share, keep for your archives and learn, learn, learn uh, from all the wonderful guests or all the wonderful, uh, some shows have guests, some don't. Learn from all these people and please listen and share because we put a lot of work into this network because we love you and we want to share that knowledge. And speaking of love, yes, Chris Allen, I love you. Oh, I love you too. I'm so very happy that you were able to come to the show, especially to talk about this book that I really, really like so much. And um, thank you always for being such a wonderful human. And I'll leave you the microphone so you can say good night to your audience. So I appreciate everyone that's listening. Um, Laura and I can sit here and talk for hours and hours and, and hours and, and go off on tangents. I think that's why we're friends because we like jump on each other's tangents and we just go with it. Like I love it. So thank you everyone. This is always uh, fun and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thank you, everybody. And until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Goodbye. Lunatic Mondays is a production of Laura Gonzalez for CSN Podcasts, building bridges of community around the world. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings.